Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Calvary Assembly of God. So glad you're all here today. It's been a little Christmas at our house, and I hope so for you too. Um, let's just get ready to worship the Lord, okay? I'm glad you're here, and I hope you're ready to worship Him. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We're so happy to be in your presence, Lord. We're two or more gathered. Lord, you promised that you would be here, Lord, and we thank you, Jesus, that where you are here, there's healing and and the bondage just falls off, Lord, and um, there's clarity of our of our thoughts. And Lord, we just ask you for your inspiration today. Lord, we ask you to to just bless 
um, every person who's coming, Lord, with ideas, Lord, and solutions and for a blessing, Lord Jesus. But, Lord, most of all, we want to worship you because of who you are and what you have done for us. And it's just, it's just undeniable. And, um, Lord, we have so much to be grateful for. And we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I would love to, uh, to get started. If you guys want to stand up, we can sing. Let's sing a new song. Amen. Or an F. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. here guys listen we're so thankful to have Gary back home oh my goodness so appreciative of him stepping in and helping us with Ariel being out Gary actually can play a lot of instruments you may not know that about him but um, we've we're so thankful to have him <laughs> maybe not all at one time though so <laughs> Okay, okay. That's all right. The bishop is in the house, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, we're thankful for Brian, too. <laughs> we are.
Lord Jesus, we just want to glorify you today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I have a, um, a club, that uh, a ministry that I'm, I'm part of, and last night they went out um, to these, uh, we call this a strip club, and we're able to witness to the girls, and um, this, this, a couple of girls got saved at one time, and one of them has testified she came in as a Muslim, and she was on the job, and we went in, and um, and she got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> the Lord is certainly, you know, moving. And so if he is moving there, he's moving here. So let's just praise him today, and, and uh, let's sing In the Secret. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We, I, I love Christmas time because the whole world plays a song about our Savior. <laughs> the whole world acknowledges his triumphant entry the first time with the angels singing. and We love you, Jesus. So we have some Christmas songs. And because we only do them once a year, you guys give us grace. But we do want to sing um, a, couple of, a couple of songs. Let's sing God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, okay? Oh, we love you, Lord. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Good news, eh? amen. Good news. Let's sing. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Here, disperse the gloomy cloud. 
praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We do rejoice that you came and reconciled us to yourself, Lord. While we were yet sinners, hallelujah, Jesus. The word of God was made flesh and came to this earth for us. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You know, he said if we'll draw near to him, he will draw near to us.
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind, because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak
and break it off of me today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord, that we do not have to live in bondage anymore. Glory to God. We thank you for setting us free of that thing. Thank you, Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Let's sing that verse that I just read. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Yes. 
your voice and tell him we love you Lord Liz come on up oh we love you Jesus you didn't know this is the best worship team in the world and it is to, just to bring the presence of the Lord into the place oh my goodness you know I'm here during the week quite a bit since I work here it's not like this when we're not all here of course each one of us carries the presence of the Lord in us but this wonderful presence because of, of all of us getting together and worshiping the Lord, this doesn't stay, you don't come here to find this in an empty building. You come here to find this when we're all together because it's all of us together that makes the difference because the spirit of the Lord in us, he wants us to get together. That's one of the reasons. Do not forsake this, the gathering of yourselves together. You can't sit at home if you're able-bodied to get up and go and meet with people in a church and say, this is good enough for me, me and Jesus and nobody else. That does not work. If you're homebound, that's a different situation. But we need to get up and do what the Lord has called us to do, and sometimes that's just showing up. So thank you all for showing up. Thank you all for being here. Some of you had lots of things that needed to be done around the house or around the business or whatever, and it's Christmas time and you haven't gotten your shopping done and there's places open and somebody might get it before you get there. Then you didn't need it anyway because God has a plan for you and he is thrilled that you put everything else aside and showed up this morning. Thank you. I'm going to thank you for me. Because if I came up here and looked out here and nobody was here, that would be really sad. I'd be a sad person. Do we have any conquerors in the room this morning? More than conquerors. Anybody? Do we have any people that are overcomers this morning? Do we have any people that are walking it out like Jesus wants us to, even when it's hard? Do we have any people that keep trying again and again, even when you make mistakes and blow it? Do we have any people that understand that the Christian life is not about being perfect? It's about a perfect heart. What is a perfect heart? A heart that goes after God and wants to do it right. I'll tell you what, the devil has a lot of devices. We are not ignorant of his devices. One of them is to make you feel like you have messed up so many times. Don't even bother asking the Lord for help again. Don't even bother asking for forgiveness again. Again, really? Really? You just did that? You just asked for forgiveness for that yesterday? Again, really? 
He's a liar. I want to read to you from the word of God. Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We are free to walk it out in the spirit. We no longer have to walk in the, in the flesh and do the works of the flesh because we are different now. If you have asked Jesus to come into your heart, your DNA changed on that day. You, it, don't even say to me, I'm just, I'm just a person, I'm just human. No, you're not. You're just one of his children. That is more than human. That is superhuman. We have the ability of the Lord to walk it out in victory. And when, not if, but when we make mistakes, not if, but when we snit at somebody, not when, but, not if, but when we, we make the wrong decision and don't do what the Lord asked us to do in a certain situation. Most of us, for most of us, it's not if, but when. We for forgiveness and keep going and not spend one second wallowing in the dirt. We do need to clean up our messes. Yes, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying going around, you know, kicking the dog and, and you know, letting the air out of the neighbor's tire and then just, oh, well, there's no condemnation. I'm not saying that. If you got some messes, clean them up. Okay? <clears throat> Does that make sense? If you need to leave your gift at the altar and go make it right with somebody, we're called to that. It's okay. It's okay to humble yourself and say, I'm sorry, I did what was wrong. I'm, I can't even explain it, why I did what I did. There's no excuse for it. We don't always have to wait till we can figure out an excuse for what we did. As soon as I can figure out an excuse, I'll go and apologize. Till then, I'll just avoid them. Don't do that. Humble yourself. We all have to. And you know what? The pastor's told you that he gets um, tested on everything he preaches. I bet I'm going to make some apologies this week. <laughs> I hate it, but I'll do it. So in advance, I'm sorry for everything I'm going to do this week, for everything I did before coffee. No, just kidding. Stand with me this morning. We are more than conquerors. Whatever we're facing, this time of this season, where you're going through something that you don't even see or sense or have the, the faintest idea of the answer to your problem, this is the time that you can honor the Lord with your faith and your trust and praising him that you know he has the answer. Once we see the answer, it's no longer faith. Once we see the answer and have the answer, we no longer get to do that. To trust. It's not trust when you see it. It's not faith when you're in it. So when you're, before you even get to the answer, quick. Before he answers you, quick. Trust him. Thank him. Bless him. Honor him. Father, we thank you so much for every person that's here and that's watching this morning, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy we thank you so much, Lord, that you walk with us and that you allow us to partner with you in every situation 
that we need you in, which is everything, Lord. Lord, I ask you for an anointing of trust and faith and power and obedience this morning, Lord. I pray that you would bless us with the understanding that we are walking with you and that we can say to the lies of the devil, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. Thank you, Lord, that when he starts telling me negative things that are probably going to happen and all that, I can just say, I don't receive that. I'm going God's way. I do receive, Lord, everything from your hand. We have a life that is abundant. We have a life that is powerful. We have a life that is anointed. We even have the ability to go through tough things with the smile and joy and the peace that passes understanding. I ask you, Lord, for healing physically in this place and for those that are watching and our loved ones, Lord. We ask for and receive healing on our physical bodies, Lord, in Jesus' name. We ask for and receive healing for our souls, Lord. We ask and receive for healing for our spiritual selves, Lord, in Jesus' name. We ask for wisdom and direction. We ask for salvation for our loved ones. We ask for and receive grace for this whole day in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that, that we're about to receive a message from you that will change our lives if we'll allow you to speak into our hearts. And we receive that, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That was good. That was good, 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 good stuff. We just got to also tag on to that, Liz. The uh, Shirley just sent a message that her folks are back in town and they need, they need prayer. So I'm just going to tag on to your prayers, okay, because uh, the Enforts are going through a struggle. Uh, Sister Enforts lost some functionality, and, of course, Brother Enfort is loss of vision, and so they're in a place where they need, they need physical help. They need the Lord's help. How many of you just need help today? Hallelujah. So let's pray for them. I'm let you piggyback. I'm just going to, we, we need to piggyback on this thing, Liz. You did good, and, and I just want to piggyback on it. In Jesus' name, we lift up the Enforts, and everybody who's in this room that has their hand up right now, in Jesus' name, would you just stand? Just stand up. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for a powerful touch of God in this room today lord there's a lot of needs right here people are hurting people are going through stuff and and liz picked that up in her spirit today and she spoke into it and lord we just continue to pummel and go after this in jesus name that your peace you are the mighty god the prince of peace i pray for an overwhelming supernatural abundance of peace and rest to, and healing to flow through this place today Hallelujah. Change us. May we sense a change and a shift in our spirit and in our soul today in Jesus' name. A shifting of the atmosphere. Impossibilities become possibilities in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, for, it, for the Enforts and folks that are in situations like them, Lord, I pray for a supernatural provision. Something that comes out of nowhere. Well, it comes out of heaven. 
but provision that meets the need. And each and every one of us, people who are suffering right now in their bodies and ailing and hurting, I pray for that thing to be arrested in the name of Jesus right now in this room, that we don't go home carrying the same stuff that we came in here with in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Sorry to, sorry to do that, but man, I, there's such a, you know, you picked up on that today. Folks, we, we have a praise and worship team that leads us into worship. Hallelujah. I could feel that. How many of you could just feel that? If, if you will allow yourself, you, you don't have to have a high-powered, high-priced worship band to come in here. All you got to do is just begin to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And when the, when the worship comes in the room, there is, there is something that shifts in the supernatural realm. And you need to harvest it while it's there. And there, there's a tremendous atmosphere in here right now. And if we just move real quickly into the next thing, we will lose... Uh, there's someone who said this, an opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. So when there is, when the Lord is moving, get into the water in Jesus' name. Don't let it pass you by. And in this room now, there is a, there are possibilities. And so I encourage you to seize on them. When Liz said this phrase, she said, Lord, I ask for and receive grace for this day. That, that's, there's a lot in there. Listen, the Bible says, ask and you shall see. It's just that simple. Why do we have to make it so complicated? Ask for it and receive it. Say this with me. Lord, I ask for and receive grace this day you need to say that you need to declare that over yourself and now you ask for it and you receive it why do you have why does religion have to make things so complicated amen hallelujah start living simple start living like a child quit making things so difficult amen lord just let your peace flood through this place Jesus name. There's a little song that goes like this. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. My counselor, prince of peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all guilt and shame. Wonderful is my redeemer, praise his name isn't that great listen to those words try it again wonderful wonderful jesus is to me counselor prince of peace mighty god is he he's saving me he's keeping me from all guilt and shame wonderful is my redeemer praise his name Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm tempted to go on, but I'm telling you, there's such a presence here that I, I think we need to grab it. Here's another one. Jesus loves me. This I know. Did you know that he loves you? 
How many know that Jesus loves you? Some people don't real don't live like we like He loves us. He loves you. How do you treat somebody that you love? Do you smack them around and beat them up and kick them and give them a hard time and make their day miserable? Of course you don't. And neither does Jesus do that to you. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. You're supposed to become like a little one, you know that? And it's when you're weak that he is strong. So don't be afraid about being weak because when you're weak, he shows himself mighty. Amen? Let him show himself mighty on your behalf. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me. So, you know, sometimes those simple things, they don't just, they just don't seem to think through our sick, thick, sink through our thick skulls. Mm -hmm. Somebody gave me a sign, a little thing that I have up on the wall by my desk, and you know what it says? It says, Jesus knows me, this I love. Jesus knows me, this I love. And I look at that all the time, and I think that's really good because sometimes the devil likes to try to get us to think that it's not really that good. You know, in the world, we have this expression, if it sounds too good to be true, it's because it is. Well, that might be in the world, but not in the kingdom. In the kingdom, if it sounds too good to be true, it's because it is. And he did something that was, sounds too good to be true. He said, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because I became sin. That's pretty good. Does it sound too good to be true? It sure does, but it's true. Hallelujah. This is a free sermon. You get the paid one in a little while. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 This is spirit of prophecy is to encourage and build up the body of Christ. I'm prophesying to you right now. Amen? All right. Get something in your hands to pray for right now in Jesus' name. Because the power of the Lord is here to release great things into your life. And I want you to be able to receive right now. So as we receive today's offering, I'm believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, for benefits and salaries and Sounds just like me. Interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! And now come and give in Jesus' name, and I just release blessing upon you in the name of Jesus. Would you come and give? The middle hat is for you to empty out all the loose change in your pockets in Jesus' name.
let's pray for this what and ask the Lord for divine multiplication do you know let me just tell you something when Jesus performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 he took a little bit and he made a lot out of it when he created the heavens and the earth when he created you and me he took some dirt and he made us some dust you see he you, he you've got to start with you got to start with what isn't enough to come up with what is enough and you know what when Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes he didn't go shazam and make a, a buckets full of food so people could come you know what would have happened there'd have been a stampede and people would have gotten hurt so he took it and he gave it to the, the disciples and it multiplied at their hand he said sit down in groups of 50 and then he gave he went to this group the, the disciples went to this group of 50 and gave it to one of the people in the group and then they took it and they started distributing it and it all multiplied at their hands and until there was 12 baskets full when they were left so when we bring to the Lord you bring to him but he will take what you give and he will multiply it at your hand you believe that? That's, you, you've got to start trusting in things. This is, this is the life of faith that we live, amen? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this here, this tangible means of our energy and life converted into, into a means of trade, and we give it to you now, Lord. We lift it to you in the name of Jesus. We consecrate it. We set it apart, and we stand upon your word that says, my God shall supply your need according to his riches. Not according to your need, but according to his riches. And Lord, we know that your riches, you, all, everything is yours. All the gold is yours. All the silver is yours. So Lord, we're not worried, but we trust you now to supply our need according to your riches. Take this now. Sanctify it for your service. Bless everyone who's given today. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you missed out on it, you better hurry. Run. <laughs> Just kidding you. Not really. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many are in a good mood today? How many are in a bad mood today? Uh, how many wish you were in a good mood today? How many are tired of answering questions? <laughs> Children's Church is getting ready to go in the next room. We bless children we're thankful it's so good to see the mcdonald's back amen thank the lord it's good to see uh, uh why can't i remember names yes paul's back good to see paul back i'm sorry it's just you have these little brain freezes you get brain freezes you is this your first time with us folks we're happy that you're with us. Would you mind telling us your name? Nice to have you with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you for setting apart time to be with us. Uh, every time somebody comes and visits with us, I know you've got tons of different places you could be, but for whatever reason you decided to be with us, and we're honored that you're with us, and we thank you. And Lord, just bless them, bless them in Jesus' name. And the same goes for every one of you like Liz was saying. So we're thankful that you're with us. We love you. 
I want to just mention next Sunday. Can you believe we're two weeks away from Christmas? That's just unbelievable. Next Sunday morning, the children's church is going to come and do a little children's program for us. It isn't going to be anything that's going to last a long time, but I, I'm look, I look forward to those times when the kids get to come and wiggle around and, and mess up their lines. That's just part of Christmas. So we're going to have that next week, all right? And then the Sunday after that is Christmas Sunday, and we're going to have church, all right? So we're going to do Christmas Eve Saturday night at 6.30, from 6.30 to 7.30, just a quick hour. We're going to have a little candle lighting candle service, but we're going to use fake candles so that we don't burn the place down, all right? What do you think about that? We'll just have our little candles, and we'll light them up, and we'll have Christmas Eve service. Okay if I do this? I didn't ask anybody's permission, but and I'll probably do it wrong. So we're going to have candlelight service uh, for an hour Saturday night, and then Sunday Christmas morning, we're going to have service from uh, 10 to 11. We're going to try to make it short so that you can be home in time to spend it with your families. I think that's what it says in the bulletin. How many of you have a bulletin? Does it tell, is that what it says in there or am I wrong? 10 o'clock to 11. I'll let you get out early so that you can get home and be with your family. We'll just have a few Christmas carols. And we'll have a time together, and then you can skedaddle because some of you have to go to a different place. And then we will not have s church service Sunday night so that you can have some time, hopefully, to be with your loved ones on Christmas Day. But that's the Sunday after next. Isn't that crazy how fast it's happening? Uh, so anyway, just put that in your little calendar and remember it, all right? My heart is so full today <coughs> to, of things to speak to you about. I just hope that I will say what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. So, Holy Spirit, I just talk to you right now and ask you for your divine unction to say what I'm supposed to say and um, anoint my mind and my mouth and give us ears to hear what the Spirit, what you're, what you're going to speak to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. So travel over with me to the book of John. And we're going to start this, this book here. I could just spend my life in. There are certain places you could just spend your life uh, studying about. Um, there are certain texts I could s just preach on forever, but go to John chapter 1 uh, real quick, and let's just start there because in this uh, initial dialogue of John, he, he's, he says a lot of good things. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Those are things that I really love to focus on, but I want to go to verse number 13 and focus on this particular verse because this is where I want to have to journey through here today. He says in verse 13, or actually we probably should go to verse 12 to make it give it just a little bit more context. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. 
If you will receive Jesus, brothers and sisters, he will give you power to become sons, daughters, all right? Don't get distracted by political correctness. He gives you power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And here's the verse I want. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but born of God. Now, brothers and sisters, let me tell you, and I'm going to jump a little bit here, but in order to explain it to you, God is a spirit. You understand? So when you're born of God, you're born of the spirit. And a lot of people that are, are religious people, earnest, believing people, don't get certain simple things. And one of those per people that didn't get this, and he was, he was a pretty learned man, was a fellow named Nicodemus. He was, a, he was a ruler of the Jews, and he didn't, even in spite of the fact that he was quite knowledgeable about the word of God, he still had trouble with certain basic concepts. And so he came to Jesus uh, in chapter number, uh, well, uh, where was it that he came to him? Is it chapter 3? Yeah. In chapter number 3, he came to Jesus and was asking Jesus some questions. He said, you know, uh, Rabbi, it's obvious that, that there's something special about you because nobody can do what you do except God is with them. So what's your secret? And Jesus said to him in verse number 3, Verily, verily, <coughs> I say unto you, except a man be born again. You see, this is the same thing we learned about one, you've got to be born of spirit, born again. <clears throat> so he says to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. Let me just tell you something. Being born again gives you a capacity that you didn't know you had before. When you're born again, you get the a cap capability to see the kingdom. Do you understand? How many of you believe you're born again? you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have been given sight to see the kingdom. It, problem is, a lot of us aren't aware of it, so we're not trying to exercise it and use it. But you have the capability to see the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that what Jesus just got done saying here? Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So, to see the kingdom of heaven, it's a it's a byproduct of being born again. Hallelujah. You have something inside of you that you didn't know you had before. You can see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus says, Nicodemus got distracted and de de derailed by the, the, the normal things of life. And he, and he got distracted by this whole idea of being born again. And he, he says to Jesus, well, how can that happen? How can I be born when I'm old? Do I enter the second time into my mother's? He was all wrapped up in carnality and in physical things, you see, the material world. But Jesus was talking about a spiritual birth. Hey, Nathan, how are you? Good to see you. Your wife all right? Perfect, perfect. Nate's a good friend of mine, so I just have to say hi, because after service, I don't get to say hi to everybody. So, um, so here's the thing, folks. We have to be more conscious of the spiritual than we are of the physical, all right? So, so Nicodemus says, uh, how, how, what are you talking about being born again? Can I, 
can I enter the second time in my mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, no, you're, you're, not, you're not getting this. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about physical, fleshly birth. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being born of the spirit. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. Uh, so here's, here's how we said it in verse number in verse number five, verily I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So here's another thing. <clears throat> if when you're born again, not only do you have the ability to see the kingdom, but you have the ability to enter the kingdom. Now I want you to remember this. This is very important because I'm going to talk about it in just a minute. So remember about this entering the kingdom. What does that mean? That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Now, if you have your Bible in front of you and you're reading it, I don't think it's that. Yes, it is that way on the wall. Do you understand that spirit, there's two words spirit, and they're <clears throat> both written, one with a capital S and one with a small s. So that which is born of spirit is spirit. You're born of the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is born of the Holy Spirit. And you know, something happens when the Holy Spirit comes into you. Elsewhere in the scripture, it says you are, you have become one spirit. <coughs> now, if, let me just take an example. If I had these two bottles of water, this one's bigger than this one, obviously. Let's just say if I drank a little bit more out of this one, All right, now, <clears throat> let's say this is me, and this is the Holy Spirit. Um, if I were to take some Holy Spirit and pour it into my spirit, <clears throat> would you be able to tell the difference between me, my spirit, and the Holy Spirit? Could you separate them? You couldn't, could you? Because... When the Holy Spirit, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, your spirit and his spirit are now one spirit. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. The Holy Spirit. You are born of the Spirit. You're not, like Liz said, you're not just human anymore. You are a supernatural creature that is unique, that never existed before. And if you will get this into your if you will get this into your soul, you know what your soul is. That's your mind. That's who you are. Get that into the other invisible part of you. I'm doing this because I got a scratchy throat. <coughs> it will change your life. Now let's keep going because this is really powerful stuff, and I want you to get it. Jesus, Nicodemus still didn't quite get it. He, he, he tried to give him an illustration. Jesus always used earthly, tangible, physically, physical illustrations to explain something that wasn't visible. So he says to Nicodemus, don't, don't marvel or don't be <coughs> awestruck by what I'm telling you about being born again. He says, the wind blows Wherever it listeth. Now, you know what it means to list? If you've ever had a, have seen a sailboat or a, a, a ship in the water, when the wind blows it, it lists in the direction of the wind. Do you understand? 
because the, the wind causes it to list or to lean. Now, the, Jesus said the wind blows wherever it listeth, wherever it desires to go. The wind has a mind of its own. You can't tell where it's coming from or, whether, or where it's going. Now, you can feel the direction it's coming from. You can feel it blowing against you this way or that way. But you, if you tried to go to the source, you wouldn't find the source. And you wouldn't be able to tell where it stops. It's, it's going to blow where it lists. <clears throat> In fact, I was listening to a sailor talking, and he was saying that he was in a particular harbor one day, and there was a storm coming up, and all the boats were, were anchored out into the, in the harbor, and the wind kept doing a crazy thing. It would, it would blow in gusts. It would come from the north, and it would blow all the ships, that, the boats that way. And then all of a sudden, uh, several minutes later, it would, just, it would come with a puff of wind from the opposite direction. It, just, it kept changing randomly its direction. And it w he said it was the craziest experience he had because the wind just was randomly puffing in different directions. It was a crazy storm. Probably had something to do with the harbor he was in and the mountains that were around and stuff. But the thing was that the wind had a mind of its own. It blew wherever it wanted to. You couldn't tell where it was coming from. You couldn't tell where it was going. Now, Jesus used this example, and he said to Nicodemus, that's what it's like for a person who's born of the Spirit. They are born, not just born as in physical birth, but they are, he, they are born as in carried along by. And when you are born of the Spirit, <clears throat> you now come into a fellowship with the Holy Ghost to where you no longer walk in the flesh. You walk in the Spirit. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because now what motivates you, what carries you along, what you do, where you go, how you think is not the way normal carnal people think. You are spirit-led. You are born by the spirit. And Jesus was saying, that's what it's like for a person who's born of the spirit. He said, well, let me read it the way John said that he heard Jesus say it. The wind blows where it listeth. You can hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. When you're born of the Spirit, carnal, unsaved people can't figure you out. They have no idea. They cannot figure you out. They can't pigeonhole you because you are a totally different creature than they are. So Jesus is using a physical example to demonstrate a spiritual concept. You understand this? So then Nicodemus said, uh, he answered and said, I don't get this. How can these things be? And Jesus said to him, Nick, you're supposed to be a master in Israel, and you don't understand these things? So Jesus expected him to understand this. <laughs> you get it? And because he says, you're a born-again person. You should be able to, you should get this. And then he says, verily I say unto thee, we speak what we know and testify what we've seen, and you receive not our witness. Who's Jesus talking about when he says we, we, we? Who's he talking about? Him and the Jews? No, because Nic Nicodemus is a Jew. So who's he talking about? He's talking about, when he and the Father and the Holy Spirit talk, 
they talk about what we know. Je you remember Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. I only do what I see the Father do. See? So there is a, com there's a well, maybe camaraderie is even too cheap of a word, but there's a, a relationship between the Father and there's a oneness, you see. It's not a separation, it's a oneness. So Jesus, Jesus is speaking to, do you David said this too, we speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He said, he said, be not so downcast, O my soul. You know, you could talk to yourself, see? And this is what, this is what happens in the heavenly realm. So Jesus is saying, we, I only talk, of, I, I testify what I know and what I've seen, but you don't receive my witness. If I have told you of earthly things and you can't believe them, if I talk to you about, try to give you a, a spiritual concept by giving you a physical example like the wind, and you don't get that, because remember Nicodemus said, how can these things be in verse number nine after he told about the wind? Jesus said, if I've, if I've tried to explain things using earthly things and you don't believe, how do you suppose you're going to understand heavenly things that don't have an earthly example? You see what he's saying here? If I've told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And then he goes on to talk about heavenly things. <laughs> and he gives an example. And watch this heavenly thing that he talks about. And this is why I told you to remember what I just told you a few minutes ago about being able to see the kingdom of heaven and be able to enter into the kingdom. Remember I told you about that? Unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom. Now watch what Jesus says. No man has ascended up to heaven, but... He that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Well, who's he talking about, first of all? Do you know? He's talking about himself. And watch what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying, no one has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. You know what Jesus is telling Nicodemus? I've been ascending all the time. In fact, I'm there right now while I'm here with you. Now, you're not going to understand that because I don't have any earthly parallel to give you an example of like I did with the wind. You didn't get that. How are you going to get what I'm telling you right now because this one's going to blow you away? How that I can be there and here at the same time and not only there and here at the same time, but going back and forth. See what? See how, see how Jesus is doing? If you can't understand things that I can give you an example of, how are you going to understand heavenly things? Like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Remember that? God told Moses, make a serpent and hang it up in the wilderness and it, on this pole, and if the people look at it, they'll be cured of their snake bites. Just like that, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I am going to be like that snake on the pole. Sin so that you can be made righteous. He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus literally became the serpent on the pole. I'm not making this up. Jesus said it himself. All right? I'm not making this up. 
He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Did he say that? And he said, if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand. If you don't understand what I did, you're not going to be able to understand who you are and what I made you to be. Remember, it's really not about you. And yet, it's all about you. Well, you know what I want to title this one to this, this week? It wasn't my idea. It was his. This is all his idea. This idea of being born again and saving you is his idea. No man comes to the Father but that the Spirit draws him. He's not here today. It's not because you didn't, you didn't seek him. He sought you. <laughs> Aren't you glad he did? If it had been left up to you, you'd still, be, you'd still be messed up. But he reached down and grabbed you while you were yet a sinner. He died for you. That's, that's when he did it for you. Hallelujah. I'm glad he did. Or I'd be dead in my sins. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. Then comes that verse that you've known since childhood. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did you ever consider the context of that powerful verse? That verse came from a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. It was part of Nicodemus and Jesus' conversation. Do you understand God so loved you that he gave his son? Yes, Jesus loves you, but God loves you. And here's the thing. A lot of people think of God as this austere, white-bearded old man that's ready to clob. You know, I had a fellow the other day talking to me, and his heart was in the right place. I'm sure his heart was in the right place. But he said, we need more hellfire and preaching in the church today. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not criticizing you because I've, I've been where you are. I lived the majority of my life where you are. But all that did for me was God was afraid that if I messed up, he was going to clobber me. I was always worrying about God clobbering me. And the devil just capitalized on that fear and said, yeah, God's mean, grouchy old man. Boy, you mess up. You're going to be doomed to hell forever until I understand that God so loved me. He, he is a God who loves people. In fact, if you go on to John 3, uh, 17, it says God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God's intention is not to bring condemnation. There is, therefore, now no condemnation. Jesus. But there's a lot of people, a lot of good people living under condemnation because they think God hates them. And he's being, God is, God is good. And he loves people. 
even though people are nutty. And believe me, there are a lot of nutty people in the world. Sometimes I think, my goodness, Lord, I don't understand you. You made so many hammer-headed people, but you love them. I, I can't stand half of them. Now, come on, admit it, I'm not the only one. You got people who bother you too, right? But God loves them so much so that he was willing to give only begotten son. Now, he came in the flesh. God came and became a, a man, flesh and blood. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten the Father, full of grace and truth. We beheld him. He, Jesus was the glory of the Father. Jesus is the Father in the flesh. It's Christmas time, right? What is his name? His name shall be called Eman His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Jesus' name shall be called the Mighty God. Jesus' name shall be called the Everlasting Father. <laughs> this blows you away with this Trinity thing, doesn't it? Messes up your Trinity thinking. He is the Everlasting Father. He's the Peace. He's the Mighty God, the Counselor. He is Jesus. Jesus is God, and God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the Father. They're, you can't separate them. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now I've lost half of you. You're going to go home and say he's a heretic. Well, the thing about it is I didn't make this stuff, and if it was so easy. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how are you going to handle if I try to explain heavenly things? Now Jesus said to him, "No," he said, there's nobody that has ascended to heaven, but he that came from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Do you understand that Jesus is not telling Nicodemus that so that he could go, nana, 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 I'm better than you. What Jesus, when Jesus gives you a statement like this, it's an invitation for you to come close to him and be like him. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. That's not a condescending statement. That's an Im invitation for you to come up there with him. Because you understand, where are we? We are seated together with him in heavenly places. You are to be like Jesus. You, you, okay, so I'm going to prove it to you. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Here's, what's God, here's what God's intent is for you and for me this morning. Here's, here's what his intention is for you. All right? Go to the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> Chapter number 4, verse number 9, real quick. Just going to give you this one quick before I go to the one I want. Now, he that ascended, or he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens that he might, be, that he might fill all things. <clears throat> now, go with me to verse number, chapter number 4, starting with verse number 13. This one is, this one is really, you're going to have to think now with me. Because it's going to kind of, it's going to kind of violate uh, some of your denominational religious mindset. But here's what God's intent is for you: till we all come into the unity of faith. God's desire is that we all that we are all absorbed into the unity. 
of the faith. Do you, do you know, do you know, we can talk a lot about faith, but you know what faith is? Faith is believing in something that there's no earthly parallel to describe it. This is why Nicodemus was having some trouble because Jesus said, if I've told you of earthly things and you don't believe, how am I going to tell you about heavenly things? Because faith doesn't have to have some kind of a tangible uh, foundation to stand on to believe. It, uh, Abraham believed in things that were not as though they were. He believed and it was counted to him for righteousness. There's some things that you, brothers and sisters, and I are going to have to believe what Jesus said whether or not it makes any sense to your carnal mind. And let me give you an example. Now, I, this is something that I'm still learning and I don't know that I have the words to articulate it correctly for you, but I'm going to make a feeble attempt to try to explain it to you, all right? There are certain things about you that are true because God says that they're true regardless of, regardless of how you feel or what the facts are about that are going on around about you, all right? <clears throat> Jesus, j did Jesus say this or not? Or what, did it not say this about Jesus? By or with his stripes, you are healed. All right? Is that true? Okay. Then how, then how many of you in this room are healed? Okay. But how many of you have conditions in your body that, tell the that, that say the opposite of that? Okay. All right. So who's true and who's false? The word is true, is it? So, so did, is God giving you, is God, is God some kind of a s uh, schizophrenic where, he, where he, uh, he, 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 you know? God doesn't give, does, God doesn't make a problem so he can solve the problem. And he doesn't make you sick so he can teach you a lesson. You see, Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were healing all who were oppressed by the devil. You see, sickness is, is an attack of the enemy on what God has done for you. You were created, when God first created you in the Garden of Eden, he created you to live forever. You were not created to die. You were created to live forever. It's appointed unto man now because of sin once to die. And after that, the judgment. But... By his stripes, you are healed. And you need to start living healed even though you don't feel like it and even though your body is telling you the opposite. I'm going to believe what he says and not how I feel. And, and don't you dare partner with, don't form a partnership with a lie. Or if you form a partnership with a lie, you're going to develop a theology based on failure and not on the word of God. And that's what a lot of people are doing. They are building theologies built on what's not happening instead of what God said is true. And this is a decision you're going to have to make. I am not going to receive the lie. 
Now, that's, that's going to be something that, like Nicodemus, how can I tell you of, if you don't believe earthly things, how can you believe kingdom things? Because this is kingdom thinking right now, all right? But if you don't get that right, you're going to have trouble with your salvation because when Jesus died on the cross, he died for your healing, but he also died for your salvation. And there's not a lot of people, there's a lot of people that are constantly living in doubt of their salvation. You know that? And the devil keeps injecting thoughts into your mind and then blaming you for thinking them. Did you hear what I said? Because I no longer, you, you've got to take this verse now and you've got to, You've got to take this verse, and, you've, and here's, here's why people have trouble believing what I'm saying, is because there are so many people that abuse the Scripture so that, in, so that what we do is we're always afraid of the abuse, of abuse, so we, we don't even touch victorious living verses because of abuse. I know there's going to be plenty of abuse, but if I live a life like that, I will not drive on the highway because I know there are people on the highway that are drug addicts, murderers, rapists, and thieves, and all kinds of other stuff. So I don't want to drive on the highway because it's full of crooks. You see that? So if I live my life according to people who are abusing something, then I'll never, I'll never go anywhere. I won't go to the grocery stores. I won't, I'll have to boycott everything in the world, and I'll just have to shrivel up and starve and die. So I'm not going to live based on the abuse of others. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in spite of it. So when the scripture says that henceforth I walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, I have a determination in my heart that I no longer walk after the flesh. I walk after the spirit. And when the devil wants to try to accuse me of walking in the flesh, I'm going to say, no, I don't do that anymore. That fellow died, and I'm not going to bring him back to life. And every time you try to visit your past outside of the blood of Jesus, you are trespassing on something that Jesus already purchased. So when Jesus says, by his stripes you're healed, and when, you, when he says, by his blood you're saved, you are saved. And not only is he able to save you, but he's able to keep you. The same God who's able to save you is able to keep you. And anytime the devil starts to come and accuse you of something else, don't partner with those thoughts. Put on the helmet of salvation and begin to think saved instead of unsaved. you got to start thinking saved. I'm saved. I don't do that. I, that's not me. I don't know where that thought came from, but I'm not going to adopt it. I'm not going to take it. I don't have to take that. That comes from the accuser of the brethren. Now you say, well, but Pastor Dan, you're living in denial and you're not being honest with yourself. No, I'm being honest with myself. But I'm also, I'm also telling the devil that he's a liar and the father of lies and I'm not going to partner with him and I refuse to acknowledge him in my life. Absolutely refuse. And the same thing is true, brothers and sisters, when you go to sleep at night and you get all these wonky dreams... Wake yourself up and tell the dream where to go. Don't adopt it. Don't sit there and think about it and try to remember it. Get rid of it. You don't have to think that stuff. 
You don't have to. You have a choice. The wind blows where it lists. You can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going, but you can blow wherever you want to blow in the spirit. And you can decide which way you want to blow and which way you don't want to blow. And the devil doesn't know and he can't control it. He ought to feel the wind, but he ought to not be able to tell where you came from, where you're going, or what you're up to. He ought to be so confused. When he looks at you, all he sees is Jesus, and he can't figure out where you went. Where did that guy go? He looks at, okay, I didn't finish. We got to go back to Ephesians. Watch this. Till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Do you, want, you know he wants you to come into what Jesus knows? He wants you to have the same knowledge of Jesus. I'm not making this up. To the knowledge of the Son of God. Not about the Son of God. Of the Son of The very knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. Well, no one's perfect. You are. I am. Well, yeah, but look at you. You can't even get your tie on straight. Your hair's a mess. and You've got all kinds of aches and pains, and you, you offend people. Well, if I'm going to offend them, I offended them perfectly. Because he said I'm perfect. We, he wants me to grow up into the perfect man. Who's the perfect man? And he wants me to grow up into him. He wants me to grow up into the perfect man. See that? I've still got, I'm still growing. I'm a growing boy. He, to grow up into a perfect man unto, watch this, not only that, but he wants you to grow up into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You're supposed to look so much like Jesus that nobody can tell the difference. When you look in the mirror, you see Jesus. And the devil ought to be the same way. He's looking around, where'd Dan Kalenda go today? That scoundrel, I'm going to get him, I'm going to give him a hard time today. I can't find him. Everywhere I go, I see Jesus. But you know what? How, you know how he knows where I am? When I open my mouth. Because I start talking. I, when, when I talk, I'm not talking like Jesus. And he goes, ah, found you. You thought you were hiding. Me, but I, so you know what? You got to start talking like Jesus. You got to start walking like Jesus. You got to start talking like Jesus. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, I've told you this a gazillion times. I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. That word confess is not going to the priest and talking through a curtain to somebody. The word confess is homologia, speak the same thing. If you will confess and talk the same way Jesus talks and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that I'm crucified with him, nevertheless I live, but the life that I now live, I don't live after the flesh, but I live after the one who loved him, me and gave himself for me. They, and the, if I would talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus, look like Jesus, the devil can go fly a kite. 
Amen. This, I'm preaching myself happy. He wants me to be of the mindset and to form a partnership with, the, with per- perfect thinking. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive, but speak the truth in love, may grow up into him. He wants us to grow up into him. In all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now that is kingdom thinking. And when Jesus says things now, like he said to Nicodemus, I want you to know that you can be in more than one place at the same time. You're not going to be able to figure that out with your brain because it's not going to make any sense to your brain. But it will to your soul and it will to your spirit. And when you lay down at, to be, at, when you lay down in bed at night, you say to the Holy Spirit, "All right, Holy Spirit, I'm going to lay this flesh down, but my spirit man and my soul man is now going to go into a place where it's not having to be controlled and manipulated by my flesh anymore, because the flesh is going to be unconscious, and so in the spirit." I give, I give you now, uh, my spirit is your spirit, and in the spirit now, let the carnal man be in his comatose state. But in the spirit, I want to go into heavenly places. I want to go into heavenly dimensions. I want to I enter into the very kingdom. I want to I go into the presence of God. I want to see what God is thinking about. I want to know what he's up to. I want to see what makes him tick. Because by the blood of Jesus, now I can enter in. No man comes to the Father, but by me, Jesus said. So in Jesus' name, I come into the very presence of the Father. And you know what will happen when you come into the very presence of the Father? Moses did that. Remember, he went up Mount Sinai. He went into the very presence of the Father. And you know what? He dragged his his carnal man along with him. And you know, the carnal man didn't eat, drink, Sleep, go to the bathroom, or anything for 40 days, twice. And when he came down, he was so refreshed. He, he was so, for 80 days in the presence of God, his body was so refreshed that God had to kill him because Moses wouldn't die. And Moses, God had to show up and say, Moses, it's time. We're going to have to cut this thing short. And because you are so supernaturally charged that I'm going to have to, put you down, and I'll bury you where nobody can find you because the devil would just love to have incarnate your body. It's supernaturally charged. No, to this day, nobody knows where Moses was, was buried. And, and Michael and Satan were fighting over where, where he was because Satan wanted his body. You don't think I'm making it? Read your Bible. These are crazy stories, but they're all in the book, right? See, we're so carnally wrapped up that we don't understand. It's happened to me a couple of times, and I've told you about it, where I've actually been two places at once. But maybe that's too much. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, I've got a lot of things I want to tell you. 
but you're not ready to, you can't handle them right now. It's not that you're stupid, it's just that you don't have the, the tinsel strength to stand up under the load of what I want to tell you. I do want to tell you. But brothers and sisters, you've got to get to a place where you quit forming partnerships with carnality and start living in the spirit and even getting past this, un this thing like Nicodemus and trying to figure it out. Start living by faith. Start to, start to believe in things that there's no earthly parallel to describe them. L look, at, look at a book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to tell you something about yourself, another, another little tidbit about yourself that's true you might not have known. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3. <coughs> Hope I'm not scaring the kids. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart. Now, <coughs> some translations say that that word world isn't correct, but it should say eternity. He has put eternity in their hearts. How many of you have that in your Bibles where it says he has put eternity in their hearts? <coughs> he has literally put eternity in your heart so that no man can find out the work of God made from the beginning to the end. Do you understand something, brothers and sisters? God has put something into your DNA. He has put eternity into your DNA. That's what your heart is. It's your DNA. That's why whenever you go to a funeral, there's not one funeral that I go to that somebody doesn't say, I just can't believe this happened. It just, it was too soon. It just shouldn't be. Every time you go to a funeral, it's... Um, Everybody is, is confused and says, it's just not normal. This shouldn't happen. And you know why they say that? Because it's true. Because you have eternity in your heart, not death in your heart. God has, made, God has put something in your DNA from the very minute he created you. He put eternity in your DNA. Now, Satan has been trying and his best to remove that from the DNA. He's done all kinds of crazy tricks all throughout human history. He's tried to intermingle this humanity with creatures from spiritual creatures, and God had to finally kill all those people off because they were, it was polluting the, the gene stream of humanity. But God has put eternity in. He has put everlasting eternity. That's why when, wh what's going to happen is when you've been born again, but now, once you've been born again, you have a body that's going to be, um, uh, what's the word I want? Resurrected, but not just resurrected, but you are going to be glorified. Who said that? There you go. You have a body that is going to be a glorified body. When it raises, it's going to be glorified. Do you understand? You understand what that means? Me in a glorified body? Nothing. Nothing's going to be able to stop me. Hallelujah! In your glorified body? It's forever at its prime. Hallelujah! Praise God! And you're not going to have to have vitamins. You're not even going to have to go work out every day to get that way. It's going to be that way for eternity. That's right. No more glasses. 
Hallelujah! But that's, that's because you're born of the Spirit. Hallelujah! Start forming partnerships with those kinds of thinking, that kind of thinking. Amen? Hallelujah! Beloved, now are we the sons of God. <laughs> what we're going to be hasn't even appeared to us yet. We don't even have any idea what that's going to be. But we know that when he shall appear, then we'll become apparent as well. When he finally becomes apparent, and he's already apparent, he's already there, he's already the way he is, but we just can't see him. But when we become like him, we're going to be able to then have the sight to see him. You've got so much potential stacked up in you. God, when Jesus saved you, he put, he, in, he put so, much, so much inside you, you, and you need to start thinking that way. You need to start living that way. You need to start getting to the place where, where supernatural things don't sound crazy to you anymore. Don't try to fit in. You're a peculiar people. You're not just citizens of the earth anymore. You're citizens of heaven. You're strangers and aliens. <laughs> Bunch of aliens. Hallelujah. <laughs> and not illegal ones either. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boy, you know, you know, as I, I'm standing here and I'm thinking, my mind is just churning because I'm getting all kinds of... Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this a, a, a different way of... A renewed way of thinking instead of all this carnality and let's worry about the Democrats and the Republicans and the, you know, and all. Ah, come on, that's so low-level thinking. Let's get higher-level thinking. This is all temporary. This stuff's all going to go. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. And so, but what we're so tied up in is with, with temporous, temporal stuff. 100 years, 200 years from now, none of this is going to be here. None of it's going to matter, and you're not going to care. But the unseen things that you can't see, they're going to be eternal. And that's where your attention needs to be focused. Not on, you know, we get a little, yeah, we got to get a new roof on the place. But you know what? That's not going to solve all our problems. That roof is not, whatever roof we get's not going to last forever, Right? All it's got to do is last as long as we do. <laughs> and then let the next bunch take care of it. Right? They're probably going to want to tear it down and make something nicer anyway. But, you know, we get, so, we get so tied up in temporal, carnal stuff, and we get worried about that, and we spend our time and our energy worrying about things that are going to vanish away. It's all going to vanish away. How about we start... How about we start thinking about, you know, like Enoch was. He says, you know, I'm just going to go where he is. And he did. He walked with God. And one day, he just, he walked with God so much so that one day God said, Enoch, why do you want to keep going back and forth? Why don't you just stay here? And Enoch says, eh, not a bad idea. I think I will. And, you know, you know Elijah, Elijah did the same thing. Elijah didn't just go up in a fiery chair at one time. He did it on a regular basis. He did this so regularly that people knew when he was going to go and that he was going to come back. You don't believe me? You remember when Elisha came along? The, the, even the neighborhood kids said, 
hey, don't you know your master's going up today? Because they even knew. Even the neighborhood kids know. Hey, he comes and goes all the time. He goes up, he comes down. And Elijah said, yeah, I know. And Elijah, Elijah said, if you're with me the next time I go, you know, I'll give you a special blessing. So Eli Elisha says, I'm here, I'm, I'm all about it. And so away he goes. And he threw his mantle down to him. But he was, he was used to going up and down on a regular basis, so much so that people didn't even, they, they thought it was normal. This guy just comes and goes to heaven. What a way of thinking. Would you like to do that? Well, then do it. What's stopping you? First thing that's stopping you is right here, but the stuff between your two ears. Because you're so carnally minded, you know, some people say, well, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Yep, that's about it. I don't want to be any earthly good. I want to be all heavenly minded. Where are the Elijahs today? Where are the Enochs today? Oh, well, they're all gone. Who says they're all gone? Why don't you be one of them? Can I tell you that one little story I've told you a bunch of times because it's so fascinating? This one, this one fellow, the Lord told him to go to a foreign country and preach the gospel, and he said, well, I don't have any way to get there. I don't have any money. I don't have my passport. I, don't have, I haven't done any preparation. I don't have my immunizations, nothing like that. And God says, don't worry about it. Just go to the airport. So he went to the airport, and he got to the airport with his suitcases, and he said, okay, now what do I do? God said, go to the bathroom. So he went to the bathroom, and he went and God says, go in one of the stalls. So he went in one of the stalls. And he says, okay, now, God, what do I do? And God says, go out of the bathroom. So he went out of the bathroom. He walked into the hall, and he was in the country that he was supposed to be. And somebody came and picked him up and said, are you the evangelist that's here to preach? He said, yeah. So he went and preached. And when he was done preaching and people got saved and healed, he's standing there with a suitcase, and he says, now, God, now what am I supposed to do? God says, go to the airport. He gets to the airport, and God says, and he says, what do I do now? He says, go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom. He says, go in the stall. He went in the stall. He says, I guess you want me to go out of the stall, right? Yeah. He gets out of the stall, walks in there, and he's home. <coughs> Sound crazy? Sure it does. <coughs> Why don't you try it sometime? Oh, I could never do that. That's right. You will never will. You know the people who never, who never make any mistakes are people that never do anything. Hallelujah. I could tell stories. But you understand, you have to start changing your way of thinking. Thinking outside of the normal thing. Nicodemus was blown away by it. Don't be blown away by it. Start thinking like Jesus thinks. He came and went all the time. A lot of us are waiting for the second coming of the Lord. Man, he's been coming and going for so many times. The second coming happened a long time ago. He's coming again, yes. Yes, he's coming again. I don't doubt that one bit. But, you know, he told Mary in the garden, don't touch me because I haven't ascended to my father. He had to go another time. So he went up and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat, something that was an example of something that Moses built. And then he came back, and later in the day, he said, go ahead, touch me. What happened? He ascended to the Father, and he completed salvation. He completed your redemption by sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. And you're now redeemed. 
See, Jesus did this stuff all the time. He said, no man ascends, he that descended, and who is in heaven? That's where you and I need to live. Now, we'll see next Sunday if anybody comes back because the preacher is preaching crazy stuff. Problem is, all I'm doing is reading the Bible. See? And, and that's an invitation for you to participate in the supernatural. All right, I'm going to stop. Lord, I think... I've, I think that I've shaken up some things today. But that's okay because, because I've just done what you told me to do. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, now the ball's yours. And I pray that you will reveal yourself to people's hearts in a mighty way, show them that they can do supernatural things, they can heal the sick, they can raise the dead, they can cast out devils. Freely they've received, freely they can give. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You shall bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. May the God of hope <coughs> fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen and amen. God bless you. God love you. Bless one another. And uh, you're dismissed. In Jesus' name. <clears throat>